Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. Welcome to the Spent the Rent Podcast. I am your host, Patty Rose. My guest today is a longtime friend, Joey Helpish of Dandyland Studios. Joey, welcome to the show. Thanks, buddy. Good morning. So yeah, we're going to be going over a lot of stuff today that we kind of already discussed on a previous podcast, but what we were doing on that one was talking about uh, what you do with Dandyland Studios. And I'm going to assume that people hadn't listened to that because I know that we've kind of grown in audience since yeah. that. And that was also recorded during quarantine when I was pu- pumping out episodes every three minutes. And so, yeah. uh, so I just think that I wanted to have you back on to kind of talk a little deeper about what it is you do. And there's a lot of new revelations and things that yeah. you're working on. So thanks again for doing this, especially on short notice. We started talking about this yesterday or day before, so this is really cool. Uh, if anybody's unfamiliar, Joey Helpish, a lot of people know you by your past moniker, Uncle Nancy, yeah. uh, longtime musician in the Lane County area, uh, artist, creator, and now teacher. So teaching music. Yeah. Uh, so Teacher slash song therapist slash coach is kind of encompasses the things I do. A little yeah, bit. It's, it's pretty special. Uh, I play a lot of your music at the end of episodes on one of my recent episodes. If you're listening to this, uh, the one I did with Nels, Pastor Knack, uh, about distance learning and kids with special needs. I chose your song that you wrote in a songwriting workshop with five-year-olds called yeah, Why Did one, Cor- That was actually only one oh, five-year-old. One kid, okay. Yeah. And it's called Why Did Coronavirus Poop on My Life? Yes, and, which is an actual quote from the five-year-old. Uh, it was so good because it showcases your willingness to be silly, your willingness to allow a child to be themselves. As a teacher, I think it's really incredible. And I have to tip my cap to the parents that are accepting of this strategy as well because a lot of times – we want our kids to be more mature than we are. And it's, yeah, it's right. insanity. It's like, why don't we let them be kids? And why don't we let ourselves be kids? So, Yeah, I kind of encourage and let kids be both. Both right. heavy and serious and silly. Often at the same time, which is basically what that song was about. It was, it was a five-year-old being mad because he um, wanted a new suitcase, but it was pointless to buy one because he can't go anywhere. And that's where that all started. Like a five-year-old kid is going to buy a suitcase with his own money. And yeah. That's awesome. So we're going to delve into a lot of stuff. Dandyland Studios, real brief. Tell me mm-hmm. about what Dandyland Studios is for anybody that hasn't listened to the previous episode that you were on. Yeah. So, I mean, we started off 
pretty basic giving music lessons and then um, helping people learn how to write songs. Then we developed this thing that we call song therapy based off this other thing we developed called root motives, which is basically emotional music theory that um, instead of going through the seven modes that are in a scale, we give those modes emotional root motives. So each chord in a scale has like an emotional root motive. Um, and we use that to interpret people's thoughts and feelings. And so that's basically what song therapy is. And we use it in a lot of different ways from a more traditional therapy uh, kind of way to like people want to make um, a soundtrack or a theme song for their business or a song for their mom on Mother's Day. Um, it's just a way to kind of translate um, and then that started spilling over into teaching. And so like when we teach, uh, it's all therapy based. It's all, I'm teaching you how to be your own song therapist, essentially. And so that's a, a big part of what we do. And then we started a couple of years ago doing workshops, songwriting workshops with kids. We made two albums. Um, we have a, a series that we call Dandy Kids. Um, and I would get together with five kids. We'd write a song and then they would record it. Um, and that obviously can't happen anymore. Sure. Um, and so that was kind of when everything was switched, we started switching to all online right before the pandemic started. Um, and when we were switching, we kind of dropped the workshops for a while. Um, and then we started doing them a little bit in late spring. And then this summer, that's where that song came from. We did su um, summer camps and we kind of had a breakthrough with the, a way to do workshops and learning online um, that doesn't, that's not a terrible experience. Right. The feedback that I got from kids and parents was a lot of like, Hey, this is way cooler than whatever the school district is trying to do. Sure. Uh, and there's some rules that we have, like uh, everything is done in a round because there's delay on a zoom call. Um, and so it's kind of going in a circle and everybody participating and giving lines or, um, some feedback um, in the songwriting process and we keep them to about 30 minutes um, because the fatigue, the zoom fatigue is a real thing. Sure. Uh, and there were workshops, there are summer camps where they were trying to put kids on a zoom call for six hours. And I just think that's utterly ridiculous. Right. Um, but yeah, so that's a, a little bit of a, I kind of what we do, we, um, we were very adaptable to the individual and to the group and to the scenario. We had like these basic principles, but I'm an improv guy. And so like when people start with me um, and maybe they want to start some lessons or a workshop, I was kind of go out of my way of going like when they're like, so what's the curriculum? There's not really any. It's right, kind of up right. to who you are. And then we'll just adapt to that. Um, and we work with a lot of um, – people on the autism spectrum, but a lot of people in, in kind of left in the margins. Um, we have uh, probably as many people on the gender or queer spectrum as we do on the autism spectrum. Um, and we're very proud of that. Um, right. Just to, just to be inclusive. I mean, really yeah. just kind of, and your methods are unconventional. So yeah. there's a draw for people that, just kind of feel like they may not fit in, in the, in a lot of the social norms. And so that's really cool because it gives them a place that they do fit in. And then they realize maybe they fit in more than they realize. They're just kind of hard on themselves for, for yeah. you know, whatever reason. So if anybody's listening to this, I do encourage you to go back after or before right now, stop this. No. And go back <laughs> and listen to episode. I think it was episode 50 
that we did with you. 50 was the first one that we did. Yeah. We, this is our third We've done episode. it a couple of times. But yeah, there's a few episodes with you that we've done talking about a lot of the same stuff because I really like to plug what you do. And, and so, yeah. So you had mentioned Dandelion Studios, the school uh, and classes available as fall is coming, approaching. Yeah. There is now fall classes available. If a parent is listening and they want to get their kid into the songwriting workshops, what do they do? They go to your Facebook page. The, yeah, the best way, the best thing to do is message me on Facebook or Instagram. Um, those are places where I'm very easily available. Also, and we can probably put this in the show notes. We have a business phone number. It's 503-389-0476. Again, that's 503-389-0476. I mean, yeah. And so either, and I prefer texts, uh, um, but you can call too. 503 389 0476. Cool. And I'll put that in the show notes. Cool. And so, yeah, we'll put the tags to the different Facebook page pages uh, primarily mm-hmm. and then Instagram. But Joey Helpish is, is one of them. And then Daniel yeah. Studios. Daniel Studios, yeah. And so sometimes it's easier to message a personal page. So yes. the Joey Helpish page might yeah. be easier because with a business page, it gets lost in the shuffle. And sometimes with the messages, you don't realize that they've been sent. And so... Yeah, if you message Dandelion, I'm just you're just gonna get a reply that says, uh, please message Joey Helpish. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So yeah, so fall classes are available. Um, mm-hmm. and you're pretty flexible on schedule. Is that correct? So month seven days a week that you're willing to work with kids or um well right now it's we I don't it's five days a week, but um my window of time is giant. Okay. Um it's like twelve hours. Uh that's one of the benefits of working from home. Sure. Um, I don't have to go anywhere. And uh, so we're closed on Mondays and Saturdays. Uh, and that's basically the time I use to, A, rejuvenate myself a little bit, but also do some of the, the community outreach stuff that we do that we're starting to do more, like the autism, adults with autism uh, support group. Support system. We're going to get into that in a minute. Yeah, yeah. that's a really cool uh thing that's starting to, that you're starting to work on. So one more thing about the the workshops, Uh, if somebody's listening and they are maybe don't have a kid or that that is interested in in the workshops, but they do want to help the cause. One of the ways that you can fund for uh, parents that have children that maybe can't afford the workshops, there's fundraisers for scholarships. And so when are you planning on doing the next one of those? So before I get into the, the scholarship fund, I just want to say that if there is an adult who wants to be involved uh, who doesn't have kids, about 55% of our students and clientele are adults. Okay, yeah. So um, I don't want to be misleading that it's open yeah, to everybody. So, it's open yeah, to so everybody. It's, just, it's really important that uh, it's something that I try to get out there a lot. Like a lot of our students are 50 yeah. Um, and, and, and that's really cool because it's the kid in us. So yeah. for people that just so that we can really drill this home for people that want to learn how to play a MIDI keyboard yeah. you know, on an iPad, right? Make for beats example. on their iPad, anything, especially I basically, I teach iPad. So if you want to do any, if you have an iPad and you want to be more creative on it, I got you. Um, but yeah, and a lot of people who maybe play a little guitar and now they're, maybe they, their kids are gone and they have all this free time, especially right now. Um, that happens a lot. 
Um, but so even adults who can't afford it benefit from the scholarship fund. Right. So we do these big fundraisers a couple times a year, but there's always an ongoing fundraiser. Um, and so you can, and I can probably give this to you for the show notes too, which is paypal.me slash dandylabs. Um, and all of that um, goes into this fund that's basically the Joey doesn't like to tell people who can't afford things no fund. Did you and say I have, Dandy Labs? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because the so the workshops are, are called Dandy Labs. Um, and uh, so this year already, this fall term, we have put three kids whose parents lost everything completely through two terms of music lessons. Um, and then that also goes to people who can maybe only afford half of it. Um, and then it's helped a lot with the workshops, um, paying half or all of it. And the workshops are pretty inexpensive. It's 50 bucks for a month of weekly sessions. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, and so <laughs> we, we try to keep rather than going nonprofit because I mean, quite honestly, I just, I just don't do paperwork. So, uh, as little, so rather than going nonprofit and going that way, I wanted to find a way to kind of do both. Um, to be a small business, a, a for-profit business, and to also help people be altruistic. And so um, if anybody ever tells me um, that I don't charge enough, my ne- my response is, so here's our scholarship fund. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so, and we do have students who can't afford more who do sponsor other students every term or every month, and it's amazing. Yeah. Um, and that fund has gotten, it just keeps getting larger. The support is amazing. And one of the things that I've been able to do other than helping with scholarship funds is now we're using a little bit of that to do the free song therapy for survivors of sexual assault. And yeah, Um, we're going to get to that also a bit. So let's talk about the um actually let's talk about that first and then we'll yeah. talk about the adults with autism support group yeah uh, because totally. that's kind of i just want to say i just want to kind of finish about dandy labs the, the songwriting workshops um we have basically three kinds that we're doing um we were doing them very rarely before now we're doing a bunch and the fourth one is being developed but it won't happen till october so the um the main one, the two main ones are for silly song workshops for kids um, and then songwriting workshops for adults. And that's a, like I said, it's 50 bucks for a month commitment. Um, it's 30 minutes a week. And it's just, you don't have to know anything about music at all. We just get together, write some lyrics, and then I do all the other stuff. And I show you it's on a Zoom call. I build the beat and, and, and record all the stuff. Um, and it's basically... Um, like joining a bowling league for nerds who like music. Right. <laughs> you know? I think one of the coolest things. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't require a lot of people think. Oh, like I don't write songs. Like no, 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 no. You don't need to write songs. Right. Uh, you just need to be able to like sit and chat with Have people. opinions too. Yeah. yeah. You know, because I think <laughs> that that's opinions. one of the the things that I like the most about it is that for people that just like music and aren't in their minds an, a musician they get mm-hmm. to kind of be a part of the writing process. So for some people, yeah. they don't actually play instruments. Some do, and you're teaching people to play yeah. guitar and keyboard and piano. But then others, they can just be like, ooh, I like that 
you know, grittiness of that base or that, and, you know, yeah. you know, find different kind of, kind of things to work with so that they can watch the process of writing music, mm-hmm. which inspires them to maybe start to realize, Oh, I can kind of, I can do that. Yeah. That was a big part of like, when we started doing workshops in song therapy, a big part of what we, what we wanted to do is songwriting as a service. Yeah. Um, cause it's a really, you know, this cause you write songs. It's a wonderful thing to write a song. Um, and I just think that it's not fair that only people who spend a lot of time learning how to do it get to be a part of that. And so that's a big part of what Dandy Labs is. Yeah. The other workshop that we have just started is for people who maybe play a little bit of music or they're curious, more curious about the songwriting process. And it's the same weekly um, sessions for a month, but they're longer than an hour. And um, we just do one song. So each week we go through every part from lyrics to producing and arranging and all that stuff. And it's a lot of back and forth and Q and a, um, and, uh, so yeah, so that's, there's those three things. We got the kid version, the adult teenagers and adults. Um, and, and then the, we call it how to song workshops where we kind of dive more deep into it. So there you go. So there's the, the dandy labs the and workshop. so yeah so anybody the big one to follow would be dandy land studios on facebook yeah. for that so again we'll put the links in the show notes for all of this stuff but if you're mm-hmm. going to message it's best that you message yeah your i mean i would say either way we, i mean we put out stuff through the dandy land channels especially on youtube we have two i've run two different pages dandy land studios and joey helpish dandy land now is basically all the kids stuff Okay. Um, and mostly because of the success of Poopy Stupid, but um, a, a lot of kids pay attention to our Dandyland yep. stuff. We got to talk about that. So. We will. Um, but uh, so all the other stuff is just Joey Helpish, and uh, and it's confusing sometimes, but just easier for me to do the personal branding method, right? Of like, this is me and who I am, and I do a bunch of things, and it's always changing. I'm trying new things, right? <laughs> So before we move on, I think we need to address it because Poopy Stupid Butt is the product of a songwriting workshop with kids. Well, it's actually the product of the first one with kids. That's the thing. And it's the one, it's the reason, it's success is the reason why we went, okay, we need to do this like all the time. We need to go all all in on this concept because we went all in on the concept of kids creating songs together and that was cool but on the i think the second dandy kids album there was one song that featured my voice and the reason it featured my voice is because i wasn't going to try to get a bunch of four-year-olds to sing into a microphone and like be on pitch and all that stuff and what happened is that we actually went we have a family the kennys that we work with a lot and they had a kind of a house party, you know, pre-COVID when that was allowed. Sure. Um, and I did a song, um, I did a workshop with a bunch of siblings, adult siblings that were in town and they were having this family gathering. And there was, a, there was like a four, a six, I think a four-year-old and two six-year-olds who felt left out. So I went over and we actually have this all filmed. That's so I went over and sat on the couch and I said, um, give me five syllables that's silly. And the five-year-old just went poopy, stupid, butt. and then I just had them say ridiculous things. It became the story about Legos eating toilets and like all this ridiculous stuff. Um, and then I went home recorded it on my iPhone with a ukulele and a wash tub. 
and and it was on the next album a few months later i started noticing all these comments on the youtube video and stuff of people saying my kid said poopy butt or stupid butt or stupid poopy butt to alexa and and now we listen to that stupid song every night and it has some astronomical amount of plays now it's, it gets an average of, of two to 3,000 plays a day, and that's been true for a year. It's over a million plays. There was actually a giant peak in plays when COVID hit. And you can go online, you can see on like Twitter and Instagram, and I think there's a couple on YouTube, of like videos of their parents like videotaping their kids just like laughing hysterically. And playing it on repeat. So they'll be like, you know, oh, yeah. yeah. To the Alexa, they'll say, play stupid poopy butt or whatever just yeah. whatever they don't even have to get all of it right that's the funny nope. so yeah it's pretty hilarious you had shared a video uh and there's a lot of them a lot of different yeah. videos you had shared one in particular that i had commented on you know off air just personally i was mm-hmm. talking to you and i'm like that was funny your friend and you're like i don't know those people yeah that, i don't know. shared that yeah, video that. it was a little girl on the couch just loving life listening to that song on yep. on the speaker on the, yeah, just cracking up and the joy. I just love the joy. And so that inspired, it was like around that time that I was like, we got to go more into this silly song thing. So we started right. the silly song summer camp. Say that five times fast. Silly True. song summer camp. Uh, and it was really rad. And um, and so we're just kind of going all in on that. Because I think right now what, what kids need and what kind of people need, uh, I asked all of my Um, parents that I work with and everybody like, what do you need? Like, what can we provide? I was on the fence of whether or not I should finally do my dream of tween university and start a school that is for eight to 12 year olds. um, That's project-based and more like a, like a college uh, kind of situation. Um, But that wasn't what people wanted. People wanted something creative, social and structured and not lame and fun and fun yeah. and loose yeah. you know, and in a way that we can just have a good time and laugh and, and enjoy ourselves i mean um, we're missing out on that you know years yeah and a, another kind of side note on the effectiveness of that um one of the the workshops i had a couple students in um and one student um didn't ever want to write her own songs she does a lot of covers of Steven Universe songs. Um, getting really good at singing, getting really good at playing the ukulele. Um, and she's kind of been messing around with making different versions of some of those songs. She went through three weeks of this camp. So wrote 15 songs um, with a group of kids. During, right afterwards, during a, a lesson, somehow we got on the topic of making songs up. And I was like, I think you know how, because you've been through it. Pick two chords, think of a simple chorus, in your mind and then just make up the verses as you go following the syllable structures she immediately made up and performed three songs like one was about a sock named joe who died one was about how much she loves anime then she did a show on her dandyland page on facebook and got uh, topic ideas from the audience and made up a song like that and it was just so incredible to see like oh like Yes, she takes lessons from me, but really the big thing that happened that made her able to do that, and you know this, is that she just did it. Like, just the more you just do it with people, you learn, like, that's how I learned. I didn't learn really from, like, a teacher-student situation. I learned because I just got in a room with people and made stuff. Right. 
and then never stopped. I mean, I, when I first met yeah. you years ago, little side note is you were reading the future of music. You were reading yeah. internet-based music and reading yep. about all kinds of anything you could get information on, on where we were heading. And you tried different things and, and they fell flat, tried other things yeah. that were successful. You know, I know that there was subscription-based uh, music and all these different things that we were looking uh-huh. at as what's, how's music going to be in the future. But one of the one things that was a common denominator for you was that music should be free. Now, not, yeah. not, the, not the, the education process of how to actually do it, mm-hmm. but music itself. It's like these play counts and all that stuff is just, you know, how, so, so for an artist, people are like, oh, I'm not making money on my play counts, like selling yeah. albums. And then now with COVID, they're not making money because they're not touring. So it's difficult. Yeah. So, but anyway, what, yeah, I've always believed that it's, it's a language and that for like a hundred years, we commodified that language with the music industry and that that's not sustainable. And that like my hope in the future is that we, instead of sending letters to each other, we send songs yeah. and that's starting to happen. We have the most musically literate generation we've ever seen in the history of humanity and the tools and tools yeah. that simplify the you know, part of it. Yeah. You know, so we do need to move on because we do have, you've got a lot of stuff to do today. Uh, Later, you're shooting a music video or multiple music videos. Shooting two music videos, maybe three for some of the songs I wrote with kids during the Silly Song Summer Camp. So there's two things that we were going to talk about. We talked about the the stuff with kids and and again, to reiterate, adults as well. Anyone of all ages that's interested in songwriting Mm -hmm. workshops, you can do that. So we're going to move on to song therapy, which we talked about also when the last time that you were on. But right now you're, you're putting out a focus and reaching out to people um, because there's been a demand. People have came to you about this. So yeah, song yeah. therapy, what song therapy is, explain that real quick. So it's basically the base of song therapy is someone tells me their story. They talk to me, tell me about their thoughts and feelings. I believe everything they say and I um, translate it into a song, um, into yeah. lyrics, and into chords. And I use... Um, root motives to figure out what emotional basis there is in this story or this expression. And then I um, put, translate that into chords. Uh, so that's basically, that's what song therapy is. And again, know, just like anything in the workshops, this is open to anyone. Yeah. Would like to do the song, song therapy. It's uh, primarily adults on these ones because they're heavy, but there's also lighter, you know, whoever. Well, for instance, that song that you played on the podcast, that basically was a song therapy session because he didn't write the lyrics. I just quoted him. I just let him rant about how he was feeling and I translated it into a song. Um, So yes, it can be silly and it can um, be more lighthearted, but what we're, we started embarking on uh, in the last couple of weeks is a little heavier. Right. Uh, so you're really, working now with uh, one area of song therapy is yeah. victims of sexual assault. And, and so with these creations, when you write these songs, then you discuss it with your, um, the person that you're working on the song therapy with, and it's kind of up to them if it gets released. Is that correct? You know, so the songs, cause some, some of them don't get released. No, they all get released. Uh, it's up to them to attach their name to it. I won't ever. Um, so, and that is to protect everyone's anonymity across the board. So, um, and I, that's kind of a general rule with song therapy, but obviously that can't be followed if I write a business, a jingle or like a theme song, um, 
the their name comes out because it's usually in the freaking thing but um so we i do release them part of the reason that i release them immediately as soon as i record and write them um is so that i don't have to hold on to it so what what the release does for me is it puts it in the past and, and that's what also it does for uh people once it's a song it like kind of exists in this package um, but for me, I have to release it, but I absolutely will not attach their name to it. I won't mention anyone's name ever. I actually kind of try to make it vague so that it's relatable because part of song therapy is showing someone the song and then them going, oh, I relate to that. And so the more relatable you can make it, the better. Um, but why we're doing that um, is that... Uh, there's some things that came out that kind of affected me personally. Um, I don't want to say their names because they've gotten too much attention and the women haven't. So there are people in the music industry, in the Portland music industry who have been called out for um, sexual predator stuff. And, and it, it's just kind of happening in the music culture and the festival culture across the board. And, and I wrote some songs. I was angry when I found out. Um, I was very angry at the way that people were treating the women and not listening and and, um, trying to silence them. And I was going to, I kind of got fired up a second time and I was going to do all these things kind of condemning that person. And then I realized that everyone's talking about them, about the, the rock star. No one's talking about the woman and no one's lifting up their voices. And so while I can't just go find these specific survivors i just decided i needed to open it up to um survivors of sexual abuse in general um and maybe with the kind of the soft goal of like making an album um where i'm lifting up these voices uh but the response has been really overwhelming um in a like wonderful way um and i i will be releasing these songs throughout the next couple weeks um, and as a survivor myself, like so many songs that are really important to me are songs where I was able to articulate some part of my story. And so I've, we've just seen incredible and we'd already seen incredible results with survivors of abuse. Um, cause I have done those in song therapy. I've done song therapy with over 200 people now. Um, and, uh, so some of those were survivors. And so a big reason I do that is that I decided to do this is that I know it's very effective. Um, and so that's just kind of one of two side projects that, that I'm, I have going on for that one. Um, we are accepting donations specifically um, for survivors. So we just ask people when they, um, if they want to donate to our dandy lab scholarship if they want that to go to song therapy they just say like for survivors or for song therapy um but yeah we've i've released a couple songs so far um and it's been pretty incredible and i, I think it was a good decision on my part because so the donations just curious so that yeah. goes to fund it because again yeah. this takes your time so there is a service that you're giving but at the mm-hmm. same time those specifically are probably mostly if not all scholarship based right so if the people that oh, are- for the survivors I, I will not charge exactly them. 
That's yeah. what that's what I'm saying. So there's a donation, yeah, the there's whole a fund, thing. so that the people can come on for free, no charge. Yeah, yeah. To do the talk therapy, but it does take time to do, and so I, yeah. So I'm gonna. Yeah, I mean, I would. So what I I said in in the original announcement is I'm doing this anyway, uh, with no funding. I'm going to do it. Right. But it's longevity. I, I'm I'm a realist. I understand that my heart is bigger than my brain often, and and I'm a realist, and I know that like I will eventually start having to do other things that sure. put money in the bucket, and 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 so some people have donated, uh, and that means that this is going to go on longer. And the response has been huge, and I think that as these songs come out, there's going to be more women coming out, and if there's more women coming out, I just want to keep doing it. I just sure. want to keep doing it kind of awesome, forever. An awesome yeah. thing to do. So we do need to get to the next topic because we do have, we are kind of running short on time. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that you're now starting the infant stages of working on is a support system for adults with autism or on the autism yeah. spectrum. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the motivation for that? Why you wanted to do that? Maybe a little bit of your personal story as well as, where you're at with the process of creating this new support system. Uh, I've been thinking about it for a long time. I started last night, did a couple posts. Again, response has been overwhelming. I guess maybe overwhelming is a bad term. Whelming. <laughs> I've been whelmed. Sure. Uh, so for the support with adults with autism, I have tried a lot of support groups and a lot of Facebook groups. The problem with Facebook groups in general is that it's usually generalized autism groups. So you have parents and then adults with autism and they inevitably start fighting because there are things in the world of parents with uh, parents of children with autism that are extremely offensive to us adults with autism, things like person first language, like saying a person with autism, you can't separate autism from the person. If I don't have autism, I'm not Joey Helpish anymore. Um, and so when you say person with autism actually makes us less visible and buries our identity, you wouldn't say a person with racism. You wouldn't say a person with ableism. You wouldn't say a person with Judaism. They're Jewish, they're racist, they're ableist. Um, you wouldn't say a person with gay, you would say a gay person because it's part of my identity. And an ism is turning a verb into a noun or turning an action into an identity. And cool, so I think the intent not to cut you off. I just think, yeah. because I think that what is, what happens and I, I it's, I'm not going to, obviously you're an individual that experiences this. Yeah. You were offended by it. My take on it is, is that sometimes separating people's intent by separating mm -hmm. it is because they don't want to define that person as that thing. Now you say that you embrace the, the being defined as an adult. There's no, there's nothing I can do about being defined. Sure, it does but, define me. Yeah. Yeah. It's difficult. You know, I, I yeah. mean, I get what you're saying. I just think it's difficult. So we just need to, I mean, language is, is harsh and it hurts sometimes, yeah. but it, I think that you can see people's intent and you're, you're talking extreme cases where people are like continuously just, yeah, like treating treating autistic people autism like it's a bad thing, and so um, and so I decided to start two groups. One with uh, and I'm still forming these, and and if you are listening, and you fall into either of these categories, get hold of me. Let's cool do cool things. Um, but I wanted to start a place where uh, uh, adults are just sub adults with autism are just sharing ideas and supporting each other 
and there's kind of no outside Sure. Um, there's no neurotypicals in the and group, celebrate. essentially. And yeah, celebrate. and it, because I'm pro-autistic. Exactly. Um, and then the three rules of the group that I'm starting with, um, uh, parents of autistic children, are kind of already assumed with most autistic adults, but it is something I'm talking about to make sure they understand those three rules um, that I uh, came up with by seeing what doesn't work in groups. And th those three rules are no person, first language. Um, uh, and vaccines don't cause autism. Um, and we are pro-autism, which means we're pro-stimming. We're pro-info dump. We're pro-autistic traits that people try to suppress. Nice. So if you're a parent and you're down with those three things, I want to build something with you. And the the whole big plan is to build that and then take those two groups and put them together for events in a controlled way. Because I do think that um, parents of autistic children need to kind of like, for lack of a better word, shut up and listen to autistic adults because their kids are going to be one really, really soon. Sure. And, um, and there are this, there's this vast array of experiences and there's just a lot of autistic adults kind of shaking their heads at what's going on in the autism community around parenting these children. And the frustrating thing is that the nature of autism is that you're not so great at communicating socially. And right. so it just becomes a lot of fighting. Um, so I'm hoping to try to create something that's kind of separating those two groups and then bringing them together in a bit of a more controlled way. Cause with autism, a controlled environment is always a good thing. Right. And so that's kind of my big goal is that I've just seen so much fighting between the two groups. And I just want to find create a space. your own space. Yeah. Yeah. Find a space yeah. that's safe for both. Well, cause I but think it's important to say when you're talking about parenting, I think it's important to say that your method is your method. Like everyone's different. Yeah. method is their method. So what you're doing is creating a place for someone that hasn't found a place. Yeah. Because if something is working for some other parent, we're not knocking that strategy. Do you? You know, yeah, and there's also a lot of resources. So for sure. people who maybe are anti-vaxxers or they do believe in first-person language or they are not pro-autistic, they believe in things like ABA or suppressing autistic traits, there is so many resources for right. you. And right. if that's what you're into, I think you should go there. Exactly. But there needs to be a place. There's just not really a place that's you know anti that stuff. And there's enough people. Um, there, most autistic adults I know consider autism speaks a hate group because they suppress autism. They believe that autism is evil and something to be eradicated. Um, and so there, and there, but there's not really an organization or a group that is, uh, the antithesis of that. And so I don't know that that's what I'm building, but that's kind of what I want to build, but I'm also just going to let it be whatever, but yeah. Uh, if you're interested in that kind of thing, hit me up. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to do. I just know probably some Zoom calls, probably some Facebook groups, but it's all got to be multimedia because I want to be able to accommodate people at different, at various, various levels of the autism spectrum. Some people need captions, some people need uh, audio only, some people need very visual things. And um, so that's kind of what I'm hoping to build. Um, and then also, if you're interested in kind of a leadership program in either of those groups, I'd love to talk to you because I'm trying to build something that I don't have to run. Sure. Or, or a lot. I run, a, I run yeah. a very 
busy business. Yeah, you got a lot just, of stuff going on. Yeah, it's just yeah. Kirsten and I. But this is something we're really passionate about that we just don't see anybody doing that we feel like we could do. Sure. Or at least get it started. Yeah, I think you need to find some hobbies. <laughs> right, yeah. No, no, I mean, you've got a lot going on, Joey. Yeah. And it's pretty impressive. And Kirsten... Uh, I still somehow manage to write a song a day. I don't know. <laughs> Kirsten is somebody that you get all the FaceTime and she has a, a 50% of this, you know, she's a big, oh, absolutely. I mean, so, sometimes it's a little less maybe. And sometimes it's a lot more than 50%, right. but she's the person that makes sure that I, uh, don't die basically. Right. Right. Um, and she, you know, she's the functioning adult in the relationship. So kind of, yeah. And there's <laughs> a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, so many of, the big breakthrough ideas we've had just because I'm so like my grandma used to say my head so far up my ass, all I can see is myself, um, which is a really hilarious way to describe autism. But, um, but I'm so in myself that it, a lot of the big breakthroughs that we have are her going like, have you thought about this? Right. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to, I wanted to give her a shout out cause she's a big part of Dandelion studios. Yeah. And so I used your profile picture on Facebook that I'm sure you're proud of with, yeah. with Kirsten and off air, we were joking and it's like your smug face in the picture is like, how did I do this? <laughs> how did I, I don't even, how know did that. I do yeah. this beautiful girl? Yeah. You know, and not only that, it's just, she's an incredible empath, you know, awesome person. So shout out to Kirsten. Yes. And uh, yeah. So Joey, ton going on. It's pretty exciting. Um, yeah. We're running on low on time, so we're going to get out of here, but we have, a song we're going to play that is really special. Yeah. I want to talk about this a little bit because we've, it kind of does touch on a lot of things. Um, but this song is like the antithesis of how I approach song therapy for myself. Um, and it's an issue um, that we deal with a lot with creatives and with uh, survivors of abuse. They're most likely gaslit. Um, but it, is a really about a moment I had with my grandma when my family was gaslighting me and my family was really abusive. And there's this moment where she like got me, she woke me up at like three in the morning to give me a He-Man and a Ninja Turtle toy and to tell me, don't let the bastards drag you down. And what that song really is, is the continuation of this message. A lot of my songs are just translations of what my grandma taught me, but um, this continuation of this message of not only recognizing gaslighting, but like not forgetting to be kind in the face of abuse, not forgetting. There's some lines in there. Like don't, there's a quote from the Bible. Uh, don't grow weary in the well-doing you do, which is just one of the most powerful things to, to me. And I think anybody who's been taken advantage of, or gaslit, or dealt with narcissistic abuse, there's a part, it's like, you just want to give up giving a shit. Right. And, and so much of that um, is what's going on with the song. I have another version of it, not the one that we've, um, that we're about to listen to. I have this other version that is uh, a little more poppy. It's more ukulele-like, but I've been doing these string arrangements um, and boy, did it really capture the emotion of this song with the strings. Um, yeah. So for anybody listening as well, this song is being used in a film. Is that correct? Or is that the string no. stuff? Okay. So the string, stuff the, string the string stuff, this was, I did some stuff for a documentary 
using strings. And then I was like, what if I applied that to one of my songs? And then that's what gas. The years that I've known you, you've recycled the same songs over different genres, different styles. Yep. Use the verse on different things. It's funny because I played a song that I forgot that we made with the antidote. I loved it so much. Goodbye. Good night. I totally had forgot that even existed because I don't think it got on an album because at that time you were a jerk. And so we, uh, (laughs) (laughs) so our band kind of fell apart and I was drinking. We had so many issues. This was, you know, 15 years ago now, it's pretty wild. Uh, You had hair and I had red hair, but (laughs) it was weird. No. So Joey Helpish of Dandyland Studios. Thank you so much, not only for doing this and talking to me, and you're always welcome on my podcast. I know we repeated a lot of stuff that we've already gone over on past shows, but I wanted to have you back on to kind of show some of my new audience members what you've been up to and what you're about. In the show notes, I will have links to your personal profile, Dandyland Studios, and also the PayPal link if you'd like to donate. I'd also uh, like to put it out there for me to continue the podcast. I'm based on donations as well. So there's a sponsorship page on my website. So strpod.com slash sponsors, and you can sponsor the podcast for a one-time or a monthly donation. And small donations are totally great. I get, I have some donors that give me $5 a month. If you'd like to sponsor the show monthly, you get, or anyone that makes any sponsorship gets their picture on my website if they'd like to, so they can contact me and talk to me about that as well. I'd also like to give a shout out to my title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro. James Barber of Oregon Cashflow Pro has really believed in me. And now that this podcast is growing, I hope that I can get the word out about his service that he does free YouTube videos for money management. Incredible guy, incredible service. He's, he's really growing. He finally got past that mark where a thousand followers or whatnot on, on YouTube. And that's a big deal. So if you're listening and you like my podcast, one of the best things you can do to help is to go follow Oregon Cashflow Pro on YouTube. So Joey Helpish, this is Gaslight. And so we're going to end it with that song. Thank you so much for doing this. This is Joey Helpish with Gaslight. Thanks, buddy. I was only seven when she came to me and said don't let them bring you down Oh, mess with your head But you see it's a cool For the monsters, thieves and games They turn down the gaslight To make you feel insane They will try tell you that the feelings that you feel cannot possibly be something that is real yeah I know it can feel like you lost before you start
Thank you. 